Big 12 tournament begins Wednesday, and as of early afternoon, there were no plans to alter the event schedule or play games in an empty sprint center because of coronavirus. But Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby did not rule out any possibility when he met with a small group of reporters on Tuesday afternoon. Hear the entire conversation with Bowlesby on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Wednesday, March 11th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Also, Missouri is off to Nashville, Tennessee for the SEC tournament, and the Tigers aren't playing on the first day. Tenth-seeded Mizzou opens on Thursday against number seven seed Texas A&M. The Aggies swept Missouri during the regular season, but Mizzou won five of its final nine games. Beat writer Suichi Tirada previews the Tigers. But first, here's Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby. Bob, when did uh, when did the virus come on your radar screen, and when did it become a, a conversation in the office? Uh, it's been on our screen um, as it uh, got more and more serious in the state of Washington. Uh, it most reports indicated that it was going to spread, and you didn't know where it was going to spread or when it was going to spread, but you were pretty sure it was going to spread. And then when Kansas City got its first case, uh, that obviously raised our antenna. But, um, you know, we're still in a wait-and-see mode. Uh, it's, uh, I, don't, I don't think we fully know uh, what is going to happen with with healthy people that are that don't have some underlying condition that uh, that contract the disease and, and um, you know it, we haven't been told that we shouldn't play the tournament and we haven't been told that we shouldn't play it in front of an assembled crowd um, if we are told those things obviously we're going to yield to uh, the best medical advice that we can get we we want to keep our players and coaches and staff members and fans as healthy as possible wow, there's so much there's so much data or not enough data both all at once right to digest but i mean when you see things like the ivy league making its decision how did what point of contact is that for you and well we we collaborate with the other commissioners uh, the ivy group is a little bit different because it's a four team played on campus uh, it's not a not a one-site deal and so it's a little different than the other ones um i, I think there, there may be a, a, a little, uh, little more um, infection on the East Coast than than there is around here right now. But uh, you know, it's going to spread across our country. That based upon what everybody says, and and yet um, we don't know when and we don't know how. And uh, as I say, we're we're uh, the the emergency response team at KU Med has been uh, very helpful and been in constant contact with our staff and we continue to work with the city and with uh, the CDC and and with others that can advise us on the medical aspects of it and you know we don't we don't want to put anybody at risk and so um, we'll just uh, keep checking in two or three times a day and and responding to what we're told. I guess um, we heard today that the league's going to limit locker room access for the, for the men and the women. Yeah, I, well, I think when the the uh, professional sports uh, did that uh, and some other conferences have done it, um, we, as I said earlier, we collaborate a fair amount with the other conferences, and I think that's going to be a fairly consistent policy throughout the A5 for sure, and, and I guess through the other conferences as well. So, I, you know, we don't take that step uh, capriciously uh, but when armed with the information that less contact is better than more contact we probably have to respond 
Is it possible there may be more um, precautions like that taken during the course of the tournament? Well, we're we're doing full cleans on all the facilities. Uh, we have uh, lots of uh, sanitizer dispensers uh, in in and around the venues. Um, we're encouraging people that have pre-existing conditions to consider staying uh, out of crowds. And and you know I. Uh, I'm answering these questions as a layman. Uh, we rely on the advice of medical professionals, and uh, I think we're applying best practice when it comes to to ensuring that the venues are safe and that the interactions are safe. But uh, uh, we, it's a constantly evolving environment. Bob, how much do you have to take into account sort of in-between potential measures as you weigh out scenarios? I mean, it is... is yeah, it, it's a really good question, and, and I think uh, so far, of course, we've, we've done the work with the locker rooms. I think we're going to keep the, um, the student-athletes uh, sequestered from the crowd for the most part. They'll be in a seating area by themselves, and so I, I think... There are some little things like that that we can do, but I, I think the, the, the next real decision threshold is going to be do you, do you play in front of fans and do you assemble 15, 16, 17,000 people in an enclosed in area? And um, I, I understand that the NBA owners are, are going to be meeting uh, today or tomorrow, and um, you know some of what we do will be informed by that. I, I'm sure we, we want to draw upon all the best information we can get. But, um, you know, I, I wouldn't say that our situation is just exactly like theirs, but we certainly want to learn from what other people are doing. Have you con- contemplated just the... Sorry. <laughs> You've become more popular in just a couple minutes. Just, just contemplating. Can I hold idea. anything else for you guys? <laughs> contemplating the idea of a. I mean, it could theoretically it could happen, right? I guess it's not a. It's it's a long shot, but the idea of playing in an empty arena. I, have you been around that ever for any? I don't uh, guess the division no, three guys. Were actually, it, right? uh, Tim Weiser, who's our deputy commissioner, um, he played a game at Eastern Michigan uh, one time without without a crowd, and uh, I think he would characterize it as being pretty weird. But um, uh, having said that, uh, you know the, there there are some components of of uh, the competition that bear on the postseason, and so. If we play the tournament, uh, our tournament champion, as an example, has to be declared the conference champion. So um, there are some implications if we have something happen in advance of the tournament starting. Uh, We have some implications if it happens midstream um, all all the way to the end. And uh, I don't think there's any way to forecast around that. I think you just have to... Uh, keep checking in and keep relying on the best medical advice you can you can get and you know I think most medical professionals will tell you um, this is new ground for them too this is a this is a voyage of discovery uh, they can compare it to other diseases and to other viruses but they don't all act the same at the same phase of their evolution so uh, I don't I don't know that that's part of the difficulty of this is there there are not definitive answers uh, it, it's it's very much a uh, uh, make decisions as you go uh, situation and make decisions as you go with changing 
you know, stands under your feet. It feels like things shift and look different every four, eight, twelve hours in some ways. Yeah, it's not very comfortable, but but I, I guess it's uh, the best we can do at this point. We, we we have to rely on the best advice and the best surveillance information we can get and and, uh, and try and try and do the right things. The, the men's events in advance sell out. Have you heard at least anecdotally that they're you know, about tickets and? Uh, haven't heard anything, but um, I, I was uh, on a, an airplane over the weekend, and, and uh, it was it was about half full on a, on a flight that I've known to fly full all the time. And so I, I think uh, it wouldn't be entirely surprising if we had uh, some people that, that might consider themselves uh, in the, the range of higher risk that would stay home. Yeah, I think it's conceivable. Excuse me if you've already answered this. Uh, you talked about the NBA kind of looking at the way they're playing the games. Can you go over that and maybe talk a little bit more about the press release that was just put out where it seems like the media won't even be able allow, be allowed to touch the court? Yeah, well, the, the media is generally kept away from the court um, with the exception of uh, ESPN and our, our TV partners, uh, in the case of the women, the Fox. So... That part's not particularly unusual, but um, you know, if we find that we're going to do it without crowds in the in the building, we'll also have to decide if we're going to have media in the building, and and if so, how many, and where are they going to be, and how will they operate, and all of those kinds of things. So uh, it's just another component of this that's uh, really not able to be forecast in any sort of precise way. Does it make it easier in this circumstance having? both tournaments in the same city yeah ironically it does and uh, as you know it's the first time we've had both of them together in in, uh, about 10 years so um, it it would be much more complicated to have us in two different sites so uh, that part of it's a blessing as you talk to those medical professionals and uh, they're advising you on what to do have they said hypothetically what may have to happen in order to pull the crowds no, no, they they haven't uh, haven't done any forecasting along those lines. Uh, they're they're just uh, trying to evaluate uh, at every opportunity and and then conveying that to us as as they, you know, it, so far we've been in a relative steady state, but uh, that could change any time. And is it like the CDC and state health department that you're looking? Uh, well, uh, KU Med is our is our um, our. Uh, hospital uh, partner for the and with the, them being our closest university that makes perfect sense so they they've been very responsive in the city and cdc and public health officials they've all been very responsive and and obviously they have concerns beyond the big 12 basketball tournament they have they have a lot of a lot of things going on that they have to be concerned about Bob, with all that much, go ahead greg i'm sorry uh, this is a non-virus question <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> you sneeze? Um, <laughs> KU last week came out with its public, uh, offered its documents in public uh, with the NCAA. Given the fact that they're the apparent overall number one seed, from the conference standpoint, is it a tarnishment in any way that the the team that's going to be the number one overall seed is under investigation as it enters the NCAA tournament? Uh, well, I, I think they would prefer to not uh, have had allegations made, and we would as well. But uh, I have great uh, faith in, in Chancellor Gerard and in Jeff Long and in the, the basketball folks, and 
they'll work their way through it. Uh, the announcement last week is is kind of pro forma because uh, they have 90 days to respond, and, and uh, that's what that release was. So uh, I don't uh, I don't make much of that except that they had a responsibility to respond, and they did so. And so it, it's a process we're going to have to work our way through. I was just going to ask you if, if you've been back in your role as uh, chair of the NCAA tournament committee right now, how much uh, more your state of mind would be, uh, I don't know, worried or whatever the word would be. But. Actually, I was on the NCAA tournament committee when uh, we were contemplating the invasion of Iraq. And uh, it was coming, uh, you might recall, I, as, uh, as I think back, I think it was the 18th of March or something like that. It was right during the middle of it, and there was a lot of talk quietly about whether we would play the tournament. And um, what we heard back from DOD and from others was that the NCAA tournament is a huge part of our American culture and that uh, they would like us to play the tournament and have it be as normal as possible. And um, so that was the planning process we went through. So this one's, a, you know, a little different from that, but uh, there have been past uh, potential disruptions, and uh, I, I think they're probably in about the same shape we're in. They're gonna they're gonna try and get the best advice they can and move ahead step by step. But it's interesting. The bigger question about what this all means to us, and and you know, the, the, just for lack of a better term, morale of the country to go on with the event like this i mean you, you want to have these things well and if you're going to be quarantined you'd really like to have something to watch <laughs> <laughs> yes you would yes you would <laughs> hey it's blair hey we have a special subscription offer for sportsbeat kc listeners unlimited digital access to the kansas city stars award-winning sports coverage Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Suichi, how you doing? Not too bad. Got some hot chicken in Nashville, so it could be worse. Absolutely could be worse. I love Nashville. Great town. You are there for the SEC tournament, which begins today, Wednesday, but you won't be covering a game. <laughs> um, no, at least not a Missouri game, and that hasn't happened too often in the recent history of the SEC tournament. The Tigers played their way out of the Wednesday game, um, becoming the 10th seed, which means they open on Thursday, 6 p.m., against Texas A&M. I've got a story called up on the Kansas City Stars website, kansascity.com. The headline says, How far can Mizzou basketball go in the SEC tournament by Suichi Dorada? So, uh, you attempt to answer that question here, Suichi. I know it's the Tigers were tenth seed. It would uh, the odds are against them from having too uh, much success in the postseason. They entered the, the the tournament with a 15 and 16 overall record. So we're not talking about a an NCAA tournament hopeful here. They, they'd have to win the tournament to to be in the NCAA. But it is a Tigers team playing better over the last few weeks of the season than it did when SEC play opened. 
So, what's the what do you think the, the sense is going into postseason for Mizzou? Do they how about confidence this team? Yeah, and it's funny, right? The number ten seed, they they kind of I, I don't want to say they lucked into it or backed into it because they did have to win a game, but Mizzou needed like four things to happen, and I tweeted about this. And when you needed all of those things to happen, and it did, that's not too bad of a start, you know, to making making an improbable run in the SEC tournament. But, yeah, I mean, they played Texas A&M, a team they lost twice to their 0-2 against. And I think the biggest thing is that the, both of those games really came in the early and middle portions of the SEC when Mizzou was starting 2-7 and in conference play. And and you mentioned this as well, was just the confidence of the team. I, I really think they kind of found an identity, whether it was Xavier Pinson or Drew Smith leading this offense or Reed Nico becoming a becoming, you know, taking that next step from role player to serviceable starter and all these other things. And then on top of all of that, Conzo Martin and his team brings back Jeremiah Tillman and Mark Smith. And it really seems like both of them are kind of getting their legs under them. Tillman's played 20 plus minutes the last two games. Mark Smith, you know, he has three straight threes at the end of the game uh, against Alabama. Yeah, sure. You know, those three pointers were in the last few minutes of garbage time and a blowout win for Mizzou, but Seeing the ball go through the net for an injured player, I, I think really will help Mark, you know, going going into the tournament. So there's there's all these little things, you know, whether it's a good play, you're returning players, or, or you know, players finding their identity that that make you think, hey, you know, Mizzou might be a tough out in the NC, you know, in the, in, excuse me, the SEC tournament, and and you play an Aggie team that Buzz Williams has done a great job, but a very beatable. Then you play number two Auburn if you win that. And Mizzou has already beat Auburn this year. So things are kind of starting to shake up kind of interesting if Mizzou is going to make it to the weekend of the SEC tournament for the first time uh, since they got, got into the conference. Right. You mentioned that the first half of the season, they went two and seven, Missouri did, and that uh, the final game of that first half of the season was a, a big loss down at Texas A&M. And that, that meant they had completed the you know, the, the season series with the Aggies Texas A&M was one of the teams that they played twice this year. Since then, um, five and four to, to finish out the, the SEC, SEC play from, for Mizzou and, you know, wins over, you know, Auburn, as you mentioned, and, um, and, and Arkansas, which could be NCAA bound, uh, you know, it, it's, it is, it is a different team. And in that, in that A&M game that Missouri lost to, to end the first half of the season, um, uh, you, you know, Xavier Pinson played, I think he started that game and, and Tillman played in that game. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it was a blowout. And I, I think it was, you know, Missouri was trying to reestablish it, its, you know, its identity at that time. And, and I, and I believe that did happen over, as we said, the final half of the season. What, what about this matchup in particular with, with, with A&M? The, a and M is a grinded out kind of team. They they don't um, you know they, they don't there's some teams in the SEC that like to get up and down. A and M not one of them. Um, they are uh, defensive minded, possession minded. Uh, is this a, is this a decent matchup for Missouri? Yeah, and like you mentioned, the the first two games. I mean, the one factor you look at for Texas A and M is Josh Nebo, uh, and a very athletic forward, very talented forward. And he really carved up Mizzou. I mean, he scored 18 and uh, 14 points in those two games. And r- really, I, I really attribute that to not having a, a very healthy Jeremiah Tillman. And I mean, yeah, sure, Tillman played in that second game. He played 12 minutes. He was coming back from injury. He hadn't played in a month. He wasn't, 
he, he isn't or wasn't a player now just because he got a few games under his belt, he looks a lot more comfortable. Um, and, and really the biggest thing that I point at, and the second game especially, I mean, when players coming out of the locker room saying they got out tough, especially on the rebounding glass for a Conzo Martin team, I mean, that that shouldn't be happening. That's not what Conzo, you know, that's not that's not really his philosophy or, or kind of the foundation he sets for his team. So really, I look at that rebounding battle, um, and, and that's and that's a big thing game to game, but especially against Texas A&M. I mean, when you're a slow, grinded out team like Texas A&M is, every possession matters and second chance opportunities matters. So if Mizzou is going to just absolutely get destroyed on the you know on on the glass on the rebounding battle, then it's going to be another long game for the Tigers. But luckily they have picked it up there and. As you mentioned, like Pinson is playing so much better, and he and that was one of the first few games he played against the Aggies when when he was in the starting role, just because Mark Smith went down, and there was kind of an adjustment period. But I think Mizzou has smoothed it out since then. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Josh Nebo for A and M. Look, I, I like what Reed Nico has done for Missouri this year. He's had a really nice senior season and deserved all the 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 plaudits that he received on on senior day and everything, but. There is a difference with him and Tillman when it comes to guarding an athletic big man like like Josh Nebo, and I, I just I, I think that'll be a that works in Missouri's favor, assuming you know Tillman is uh, stays out of foul trouble and, uh, and is able to um, is able able to play the, the way he's capable of playing. I, I just think that's a that's an advantage for Mizzou in this game. And do I have the bracket right? The winner gets gets Auburn. Um, uh, a team that uh, a team that uh, the Tigers have already defeated this year. Yeah, so the the bracket ships up very well for them, um, just because you have prior success against the number two seed, who you know helped helped you get that tiebreaker over Arkansas as well. So he was very grateful for that Auburn win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and if it, if it is if it is Tigers do end up beating A and M, um, they they would go from a you know a grinded out type of game to you know playing an Auburn team that likes to get up and down the floor and um and, and in that in that Tigers victory over over Auburn at um, at Missouri Arena recently I believe that was a game where Missouri shot it exceptionally well from three or they're like seven for thirteen and and Auburn was just atrocious from behind the arc as I, as I try to imagine a way that Missouri can have some success in Nashville, you know, getting past A&M and then having to beat an Auburn team that'll probably be motivated. We know they will be a little more healthy and, uh, and you can't expect uh, Auburn to shoot as poorly as it did in at, uh, at Columbia recently. Um, can you, can you build a scenario where Missouri finds a way to, to, to beat Auburn? Yeah, I mean, just because there is prior success. Um, Auburn obviously shot the ball very poorly that game. And another thing, too, is that Isaac Okoro is back. I mean, that that's, you know, one of your best players if you're Auburn. And obviously, that I believe when Mizzou played Auburn, that was one of their first games or the first game without Okoro. So just like Mizzou, I'm sure there was kind of an injury adjustment for Auburn, which I'm sure helped Missouri in that game. But, yeah, I mean... I think the big thing too, and if, and you mentioned the up and down plan. I mean, Alabama, that Alabama game that you played um, for the regular season finale. I mean, Alabama's a team that likes to get it up and down, but they scored a season low 50 points, and that was a season low by 19 points. I want to say 19, 20 points. I mean, if Mizzou plays defense like Conzo Morton knows and thinks they can, none of this matters because 
then Mizzou is, you know, then you're limiting possessions, just the, just the sample size is smaller. Then, then you're looking at a Mizzou team that can really make a run. And if you're going to beat a team like Texas A&M and Auburn in back-to-back days, and then whatever happens after that, you know, NIT NCAA hopes, if, if you play defense, then then things will kind of trickle down onto offense, just as Conzo Morgan wants it. So that that's, that's one area I'm looking at, just because if Mizzou plays defense like it did against Alabama in the regular season finale, then we're, we're talking about a completely different team just because of what it can do on offense now, as we've seen with Pinson and Drew Smith and, and that supporting cast. Big ask to uh, to win four games in four days. It doesn't happen often in, in conference tournaments, certainly uh, in major conference tournaments. I remember there was one year the Kemba Walker-UConn team won five in, in five days to win the Big East and went on to win the national championship. But um, it, it's it's just so difficult to, to accomplish. Um but I'll tell you what, for, if, if Missouri can just get by A&M and, and get to Friday, that will have been an accomplishment for this program that has, um, you know, that had, just hasn't had much success in, in the SEC tournament in its, uh, in its league history. Um, so Kentucky's the top seed, Auburn is the two, LSU the three, and Mississippi State is the four seed. Do you, th- do you see the champion coming out of, out of that group? Yeah, and I've actually been telling people I think Mississippi State comes out with it. I mean, when you have a Reggie Perry and just their front court, especially in college hoops, I I, I really think they're going to come out on top just because of the talent they have. And they're, they're kind of dangerous. I mean, they started 0-3 in conference play. They won 11 of 15 SEC games. So I, I think there's a lot there um, to like from uh, Mississippi State. Well, that would mean they would have beaten Kentucky or – um, will have won a semifinal game over perhaps Kentucky uh, to get to the championship game on on Sunday. Okay, Suichi, um let's let's wrap it up with this. Uh, is there is there any uh, is there any path to the postseason for Mizzou other than winning the the SEC tournament? Yeah, I think if Mizzou gets to the final on Sunday, which we have never seen. Just, you know, so the odds, the odds are very against them. But if you get to the final, you finish, you get to the final and lose, you finish a game above 500. That'll probably get you in, into the NIT. Um, Mizzou had a small two game losing streak just before the regular season finale. And I think Mizzou had to win at least one of those for, you know, a conceivable chance at the NIT. Now you're looking at at least a three in one weekend. And another thing too is just that the SEC is so weak this year and they're, and the NIT is only going to take so many teams from the same conference, especially in a 32-team field. So that that kind of makes it difficult. And then, as we as we've mentioned, if you win the whole thing, then you're in uh, the NCAA tournament. So I think those are the two best paths, which are both very unlikely. So it, it's, it's looking <laughs> like an uphill battle for Mizzou. It is okay. Well, and it starts on Thursday with the uh, 6 p.m. game against Texas A&M. Suichi Torado will be there covering it for the star. Suichi, good talking to you and safe travel. Appreciate it, Blair. That'll do it for today. Thanks to producers Savannah Smith, Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Also, thanks to Suichi Torado for weighing in on Mizzou. We'll be back on Thursday with another Sports Beat KC where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.